All In Podcast Show is home to the top entrepreneurs, innovators, and world changers sharing their breakthrough moments and how they are changing the world. We will bring mentors into your world who can help you find balance and build a bold life of excellence with your host, Daniel Giordano. Get off the sidelines. Get all in. And join us at www.allinpodcast.com. Welcome to the All In Podcast show today. And uh, today I'm really fired up and excited to share a, um, a dynamic, um, motivated, passionate individual that's going to be sharing some great things that he's doing in his life, uh, impacting children, uh, impacting parents, um, being, you know, just doing some great things out there in, in, uh, in our world. And, um, it's very rare to come across people like this. I, I've, you know, I've been blessed to, to come across this path and I'm just really fired up to share his story with you and, and what he's out there doing. So, um, Balaji, are you there? I am here. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I am doing awesome, brother. I am, I'm excited to, uh, to hear your story. Um, and I always like to just jump in and, uh, and have you, you know, share back as far as you want, um, you know, as far as, you know, where you come from, you know, uh, what kind of upbringing you had. Obviously, that's a big part of your message. Um, and, uh, you know, and uh, then we can continue from there. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate the opportunity. I love your podcast and everything that you're about. So I have no doubt that your audience is every bit as motivated and hungry as you are to go all in and make change in the world. So the company that I created about four years ago, Daniel, is called Brave Little Heroes. And I got to tell you, I grew up in Nigeria. So I live in the U.S. now. I've been here half my life. But I did grow up in Nigeria. The funny thing is I actually grew up reading comic books, American comic books. Yes, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Captain America, the whole nine. And so as an adult, for me to create a company called Brave Little Heroes kind of goes full circle back to my childhood. But the funny thing is it actually makes sense to me. And a lot of your listeners may have that same sort of inclination where something from their childhood actually stirs in them what they feel is their calling. That was the case for me. So in my case, Daniel, when I was 10 years old, I was collecting Spider-Man comic books. I was actually, I guess, a little bit of a budding entrepreneur. I couldn't even spell the word, or I didn't know what the word was back then. But I used to draw Spider-Man images for extra lunch money. And it was really weird because... For whatever reason, I had this sort of mentality. Both my parents did grow up financially poor, uh, um, so they were both first-generation educated, at least Western-educated. They were the first ones to go to school. And so because they grew up poor, even though they ended up both becoming doctors, I guess they subconsciously instilled in me the desire to do for myself. And so I'd never ask them for extra lunch money. I wanted to kind of get that money on my own. So I used to draw these Spider-Man images. And kids would say, oh, man, that's really cool. They'd give me money for it. I'd go buy some extra snacks and candy, whatever. Maybe not the best habit for me to start. But that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. So today, I actually create superhero stories for kids ages 6 to 12. And... I'm not just doing it to entertain the kids, even though you know you kind of got to entertain kids first <laughs> before you can give them a message. 
But here's what I'm trying to do, Daniel, with these books that I'm writing. I'm trying to help these kids discover that inner part of themselves, that identity, that voice that too often society or even sometimes us well-meaning parents, we, we kind of tell to, you know, quiet that voice down. Don't stand out of place. Color within the lines. Get a good job. You know, all the same things that I heard from my parents and the people around me. I love my parents. I have amazing parents. But I mentioned they, were both, they are both doctors. They wanted all their kids to be doctors. Why? Because they saw that as financially secure, you know, really stable. They had a lot of financial instability growing up, and so I suppose like all of us, they wanted to protect their kids. So they were like, yep, you're all going to be doctors. So I have an older sister, Daniel, who's a doctor. Uh, my younger brother, he went to law school, and I studied computer science, so I tried to make my parents proud, but I never felt fulfilled. In all those cubicle jobs, in all those corporate jobs, I worked in corporate America for 12 years, earned a lot of money. I was doing well, but I never felt fulfilled. That little 10-year-old boy who was drawing Spider-Man images never really felt like his voice was getting out. And so when I became a father, I have two boys. They are eight and five years old right now. When I became a father, I started telling my kids stories, and my wife would tell me, you really should write these stories down. So eventually, I decided to go ahead and write them down, publish a book, and it's been four years, but we've reached 100,000 kids across the world with Brave Little Heroes books. And we're not just entertaining these kids, but we're inspiring these kids to say, look, your voice matters. Your difference matters. Your identity matters. Figure out what your superpower is. We need that to change the world. We don't need you to be like everybody else. We need you to be different. We need you to be unique. So that's the message that I put out, Daniel, and I have a blast doing it. That's awesome. So so um, you know, as you drew from your childhood experience with that, um, you know, you obviously have, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, when I first spoke to you, I just, you know, felt your passion for what you do. And that's very, you know, rare in today's society um, to, to come across that. I mean, unless you're in the industries that we're involved in, you're, you're around motivation, inspiration, personal development. Um, but, you know, so um, as you've progressed with uh, the writing and, the, you know, of, of the things that you're doing with your books, um, you know, did you know how to do all that? <laughs> Good question. No, <laughs> I did not know how to do all that. I, I mm -hmm. uh, got a computer science degree in undergrad from a small college, Morehouse College. It's a historically black college in Atlanta, Georgia. Loved my collegiate experience. I got a business degree, an MBA in marketing. And the, here's the funny thing. I remember hearing the Steve Jobs speech at Stanford, the commencement speech, where he talked about doing all these sort of esoteric things growing up as a young man. Uh, he took like a calligraphy class in college, and he was really into design. And, and for a while, he actually wasn't into technology at all. <laughs> for, for someone who's a technology mm. mogul, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But he said, it's really hard, Daniel, to connect the dots when you're looking into the future. It's really hard to be able to say, okay, I know where I'm trying to get, and these are the exact steps. I'm going to need to get there. But when you look back, when you look back at your experience, 
that's when the aha moment happens. That's when you say, ah, you know, that thing I spent three years doing, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense, but I see how it's helping me now. So to answer your question more directly, Daniel, when I decided that I wanted to create a media company to inspire kids to discover their own superpowers, I didn't know that I was going to need marketing experience. I didn't know that the internet was going to be a thing, <laughs> Daniel, mm -hmm. right? So who knew that a computer science degree would have been helpful? There's so many things that I couldn't possibly have predicted. Who could have predicted Facebook, Amazon, internet marketing? None of that. But in looking back, being a writer was not going to be enough to get me to where I was looking to go. Being able to draw was not going to be good enough to get me where I was looking to. And the funny thing is, I don't even draw my own illustrations today, Daniel. <laughs> because along the way, I, I met a lot of marketing people online. I met a lot of business people. I learned how to outsource. And so my artists today are young people from the Philippines, from mm -hmm. Indonesia. I have a couple of folks in the USA. So I'm not doing my own drawings but I'm reaching out to people way more talented than myself to help me bring my vision to life. Right. So that's that's awesome. And and you know, and the and the key thing with that is, you know, your your dream of making this come to, you know, reality, um, you know, the how to stuff really didn't matter for you. Um and even though you had some experience that you drew from in the past, um, once you were clear on on this uh, next step for you in your life, everything else came together. So have, have there been any challenges that you've been through, uh, you, you know, throughout, if you want to talk about this journey itself, um, that uh, you look back at now that, that um, were good lessons for you? <laughs> have there not been challenges? Every <laughs> week there are challenges, but of course you already know this. Good, you know, you're not only an entrepreneur like I am, I have two kids, you've got four kids, and you're homeschooling, so, you know, life, Life is challenged. Nobody ever said this was supposed to be easy, you know? And a lot of times we subconsciously adopt that mindset that it's supposed to be easy. I'm doing something worthwhile. I'm trying to help other people. So it's supposed to be easy. Why is it so hard? Why do I keep falling down? You know, as a kid, Daniel, I was really good academically. I was good at schoolwork. And that was nice. But it actually became a bit of a crutch. I didn't have to work as hard to get good grades, so I didn't have a good work ethic, okay? And that later on came to bite me in the butt when things got hard. By the time I got to college, all of a sudden I realized, okay, everybody around me is now smart, so if I want to get ahead, I have to have a good work ethic. So I started, I developed a really determined tenacity for working toward what I wanted. And I developed a relationship, Daniel, with fear and failure. I, I, or I should say, I changed my relationship with fear and failure. There, there's a story I tell my kids. And for those of uh, you listening who happen to have children, this may resonate. But my kids, my two boys, love hearing about my foibles or my <laughs> failures from when I was a kid. They're like, Daddy, tell us of another time when you messed up when you were a kid. I'm like, what are you doing to me here? You're killing my self-esteem. But what are they doing? They're, 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 it's humanizing me, okay, because most times they see the parents, you know, especially dad, at least physically, they see dad as invincible. That's how a lot of us dads like to present ourselves. But when they kind of see my weaknesses, it helps them 
come to terms with their weaknesses. And they're like, okay, well, I'm not the strongest kid or the fastest kid or the smartest kid, or, or I'm scared in this particular situation, but daddy was too. So I tell them of, of a time when I, I was running track. I was a gifted, young track athlete, and it was the day before the big race, and there were some kids messing around on the track, and I told my buddies, I think I can beat those kids. They were like 50 meters ahead. It was, they were going to run once around the track, 400 meters. And my buddies were like, come on, they're way ahead of you. So I kicked off my shoes. In, in Nigeria, we, nobody had track shoes, so we ran barefoot. I kicked off my mm. shoes, and boom, I took after these kids, and I was running. And, and I had no, not a care in the world. You know, I was young. I was 16. I was pushing myself to the limit. I actually caught them, and I beat them. And the, a crowd formed around me. It was a great moment. But guess what happened at that moment? That, that was a temporary triumph, right? Guess what happened at that moment? Well, the big kids, the kids that were one and two and three years older than me that I, that I was going to race the next day, they saw me do this, and they came up, and they're like, oh, so you're the new kid, huh? Okay, we see you're good. All right, <laughs> we'll be ready for you tomorrow. And what did that do to me, Daniel? That put the fear of God in my heart. <laughs> that, oh, my gosh, I was supposed to sneak up on these guys. I was supposed to have no expectations. So if I lost, well, you know, he's the littlest kid out there because, you know, I'm a, I have short stature. So all of a sudden I had a target on my back, and on race day – I mean, this was when I was 16. I'm 39 today. It's been over two and a half decades. I still remember it viscerally, like it happened yesterday. Daniel, I ran scared, okay? They fired that gun for us to go off, and from the get-go, I was running scared. I was trembling, and I lost that. I, not only did I lose the race, I lost it so badly that the commentator, who, who was one of the teachers, and probably didn't realize how much he was crushing me, he was like, oh my goodness, we've never seen a victory with this marge, large of a margin before. This is incredible. And, and I was that guy in the very back. I crossed the finish line, 16-year-old kid. All my friends were there. All the, the cute girls in school were there. There's tears on my face. I never remember that moment. And fast forward to today, I, I promised myself since that day, when lose or draw don't run scared never run scared because if you run scared you've lost the race before you even start so in terms of challenges there have been challenges galore throughout the process and i've failed so many times failed publicly in very embarrassing ways i'll share one of the failures that strikes home to me uh, most I mentioned I worked in corporate America for 12 years. I was laid off, Daniel, three times in six years. Hmm. I was laid off three times in six years. The first time I was laid off, I was so ashamed of myself, I didn't tell my parents. I was out of work for six months as the man of the house, as someone who's always taken that pride on pulling himself up by his bootstraps to be laid off. And then to not find a job for six months completely devastated me. Well, you know, eventually I did find another job. I got laid off a couple more times, and eventually I, you know, I saw the writing on the wall that said, dude, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be in a cubicle. There's something you're supposed to be doing. As a matter of fact, the last manager to lay me off said very similar words. She said, I'm not sure what you're supposed to be doing, but there's something that you're, you're called to do, and I don't know what it is. But I'm hoping that you go, you're able to go do that next. And so uh, I, I embarked on writing these children's books. It didn't make money for probably two and a half or three years. 
had to do a lot of other things to kind of bring the income in. Things have turned around. Things are looking up now. Things are looking really great. But if I had known how tough it was going to be, I probably would have done it anyway, but it would have been a much scarier journey for me. So it's been one challenge after the other, but whenever I have a challenge and I somehow, somehow find a way to overcome that challenge, I look back with pride that at least I ran the race. I may not have won, but I finished. And, you, you know, the, the fact that you took action and did something, did something. versus, yeah. And that, and that's really cool that, you you know, you did step up and you got all in with this scenario of, of you know, where you're at in your life right now. Um, and, uh, you know, at the at the same time, seeing the commitment level um, and your passion for it, uh, doing what you're called to do. Um, and, uh, you know, as you as you've been on this journey, is, is there a specific mentor that you've had that, that's helped guide you? Yeah, that's a Wonderful question, Daniel. I really like that question because, you know, I talked about this mentality that I had of wanting to do it all myself. Well, Mm -hmm. for the first decade or so as an entrepreneur, I kept that mentality, and it really stunted my growth. It really Mm -hmm. slowed me down because it it was a pride thing. It was an ego thing. I want to be able to get to the mountaintop and then, you know, look down and say, yes, I did this. But it, you know, so I made all the mistakes in the book that I didn't have to make. I finally, probably about four or five years ago, started to get business mentors, and I encourage everyone listening today. I know if they're listening to the All In podcast, a lot of them are already tuned into this. You guys already have Daniel as a virtual mentor. But look, if Daniel has anything else, and I don't know what programs Daniel offers, if he has anything else having to do with business mentoring or you know, self-development, talk to him. See if it's a fit for you. Uh, I'll tell you some of the mentors that I've worked with. Uh, for my podcasting journey, John Lee Dumas is my mentor. So he's done amazingly well, not only in his accomplishments, but the way that he's gotten there. And so I work very closely with him. And he's helped me a lot. I remember there was a uh, guy by the name of Alex Jeffries. Alex Jeffries was my first internet marketing mentor. That was the first time I ever spent $97 on anything related <laughs> to education. And gosh, I must have thought about it for like two weeks. <laughs> but what if? What if he takes my money and, and moves to Mexico, right? My seven bucks. You know what I mean? Nobody wants your 97 bucks. Okay, come on. Listen, if, if you expect someone to pay you for your value, to pay you what you're worth, you first have to be able to pay somebody else for that value. Mm-hmm. You, you, can't, you can't be penny-wise and pound-foolish. You can't say, I'm going to kind of do it the cheap way, and then once I'm making a lot of money, then I'll start paying for mentorship. No. Pay for the right not, – not just any mentor. Find the right one for you. But once you find that one, find out what it takes to work with them, and if you don't have the money, that's okay. Go find out how much you need to save, and I've done that before. You know, there was a $10,000 program I wanted to get involved in. I didn't have the money. I was like, okay, how long is it going to take me to generate that income? How, and Daniel is in the internet marketing space as well as I am. I said, okay, how many product launches do I have to do to save that money up? Okay, so it's a different mindset. Instead of saying $10,000, that's ridiculous. Why would I pay that? I said $10,000. How, how long is it going to take me? And it took me maybe a couple of months. I got the money together, and I haven't looked back since. Every time you invest in a good mentor, 
one that fits you. It puts you on another level, and you never go back. So I'm a huge proponent for mentoring, specifically because I spent the first half of my entrepreneurial career turning my back on the concept of mentors. That's 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 awesome because I you know it's me being in this in this industry for so long um, you know I've invested it took me a couple of years before I invested in my first mentor um, but I you know I, I, that's just where I was at in my life at that point where I didn't even know that it existed you know uh, so I literally had to have it fall in my lap um, but at the same time you know you, you see so many people out there that that do try to do it on themselves and and like you said you you said a key thing there you know you stun it you know your own growth. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you, you thought you could figure it all out or, you know, um, do it all on your own. And, um, you know, as you've, uh, as you're building this brand around you now and, and, you know, what you have going on is just truly, you know, it's inspiring from my perspective, you know, and, and I, you know, jokingly said that to you when we first had our conversation. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, it's like my goal is to be like you when I grow up, right? So, <laughs> right? so um, I'm trying to be like you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's really cool to see that. And you know, I think that um, for the listeners, you know, as we've um, uh, you know poured our hearts out into you know sharing the knowledge and the wisdom and the things that we've done, uh, the things that we may not have done well, um, and you know, learn from our failures, and then also the things that that we are doing moving forward. You know, it's it's really cool to see that, you know, uh, one, you have a very unique spin on what you do, um, which is obviously really cool to see uh, how you've done that. And, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the whole superhero thing, I, you know, I want to hear, you know, from you, you know, who is your favorite superhero <laughs> you know, live here today? Oh, boy, you're getting me on record, Daniel. You're getting me on yeah. record. <laughs> That's actually a question that I like to ask. And I did ask Daniel that. I like to ask uh, all the folks that I speak with. I've got to say there are a lot of reasons to pick a lot of different superheroes, but it always for me comes back to Spider-Man. It always mm-hmm. comes back to Spider-Man, and it's not because of his popularity. He's become more popular with the recent movies over the past decade. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not because of that, but it's for a different reason. And, and for those of you who read comics as children or if your kids read comics now – I still read comics, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> Marvel Comics, they were the young upstarts. Okay, DC established the superhero genre, starting with Superman. All right, mm-hmm. Marvel Comics – mimics DC. They're like, wow, DC is making so much money. Let's make comic books too. But there's something that Marvel did, such a little tweak, and this is a a life lesson for us. They put a very little spin on it 50 plus years ago that today has allowed them to surpass DC. Here's what they did. The DC superheroes were, by and large, they were archetypes of what you want to be. Strong, fast, smart, brave, all these wonderful, wonderful attributes. The Marvel heroes, on the other hand, they had a superpower, but they were flawed. And they wore those flaws on their sleeves. And that made them relatable. That made Mm -hmm. them human. They were heroes despite, not heroes because of. And so Mm -hmm. when you're looking for a mentor or when you want to mentor somebody else, when you want to put yourself in the public sphere to help people, people don't need for you to be perfect. You don't have to wait until you're a guru. You just have to be someone who has 
one little superpower, and we all have a superpower. I don't care how modest you are or how shy you are. I'm an introvert, by the way. If you put me in a room of, if you put me in a room of, of networking people, I, I get very uncomfortable. It's just weird. I don't know why. That's just how my, my chemistry is based, right? But people want you to be human and relatable, and when you do that, they will want to benefit from that superpower because you're like them. And, and you, you're like, wow, if he could do it, if he could do what he's doing, you're witnessing one of my superpowers now. When I talk about something I'm passionate about, you know, it might seem like I'm an extrovert. I'm really not like this most of the time. Anyway, I love Spider-Man because Peter Parker was this young kid down on his luck, no parents, his uncle gets killed, then he gets this superpower, and what does he do with it? He abuses it. That's actually how his uncle gets killed. Um, he gets a superpower, he decides to become a wrestler, uh, um, his, someone's getting mugged, he doesn't stop the, the, the thief, and the thief ends up shooting his dad. And out of that came the most amazing, the most powerful quote from any comic book ever. With great power comes great responsibility. Come on, as a parent, who doesn't want to pass that message down you know, to their kids? It's an amazing message. And so I love that Peter Parker, he's, when he's in school, he gets picked on. He's a nerd. He's small. He, you know, he has a hard time with the girls. And despite all that, he still uses his superpower to help others. So I was a shy kid. I have a small stature. I, I didn't feel very confident with the opposite sex. And I really identified with that. So even today, I'm like, okay, look, I'm not perfect. There are a lot of people out there that, that I admire. They have attributes I admire. I can't do what they do. But listen, if I can do the one thing that I do to my best ability, the rest of it doesn't matter. So that's why I like Spider-Man. Right. That's awesome. And I, that was really a uh, – you know, I, uh, actually, that was a really powerful piece of what we're talking about here, what you just shared, because um, I actually never even thought about it from that perspective, you know, in, in, the, in the terms of, uh, you know, I don't know. I kind of always looked at superheroes, oh, it's a cartoon. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, yes, there are, there are ones that you're drawn to more and ones that you enjoy watching. But, you know, when you've lived it like you have and, can, and there's that connection there, you, you really have dug really deep into the messages behind it, um, which is really awesome and powerful to see. Um, uh, I would have never made that connection on my own. <laughs> so, so thank you for sharing that. <laughs> no doubt. And, and the wonderful thing as well is that, you know, I have kids right now. They watch cartoons and read comic books and such. And some of the stuff I can watch with them, they, they watch some of the classics, Tom and Jerry, Scooby-Doo. Okay, this is, this is good stuff. This is entertaining. Right. Okay, it's not necessarily always wholesome. <laughs> Tom and Jerry, right. it's pretty violent. But, but somehow right. we all watched Tom and Jerry and turned out okay. But some of the, some children's content out there actually does have messages for the, that the kids can learn from, that they can identify with, and they can carry with them. There are other types of children's content, though, that is pure entertainment and sometimes maybe even a bit too mature for the kids. One of the trends that I'm not particularly crazy about, even though I'm a superhero fan, is that as we comic book fans have aged, uh, Hollywood and, and publishers are trying to age these, the, the themes of these stories with their fan base. So mm -hmm. these movies are getting darker. They're dealing with more adult themes. Now, for an adult audience, that's perfectly fine. But I have an eight-year-old son 
who has not seen any of the superhero movies? And, of course, this varies from household to household. Every parent right. makes the right decision for their kids. But I'm trying to hold off on having him watch um, these live-action movies whether, because they might have killing in them or they might have adult sexual themes in them and things of that nature. And that's why with Brave Little Heroes, all my heroes are 10 years old. All the themes are appropriate for kids 6 to 10. And I'm just trying to find that little niche in the marketplace where, okay, kids still love superheroes. Their parents are happy for the kids to consume superhero content. But the parents really want something that's age-appropriate and good for the kids, and that's what I'm looking to provide. Right, and that's, uh, that's definitely really a key thing today because, you know, it's definitely uh, – you know, when I look back, even watching things such as Tom and Jerry, I'm like, wow, it is pretty violent. I don't remember that when I was a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it's like, what was I watching? You know, what was I thinking? You know, but and then, but then again, most parents will just stick their kids in front of a cartoon because it's a cartoon, yeah. and have the mentality like I had, you know, of, you know, it's a cartoon, yeah. it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, but there is some messaging there, so um, that's that's really cool. So, um, is there a favorite quote that you have? Oh, favorite quotes, favorite quotes. There is one that I like. I think it's a Japanese quote. It goes, fall down seven times, stand up eight. Hmm. Fall down seven times, stand up eight. And that one resonated with me. I discovered it during that period in which I was getting <laughs> laid off every couple of years. And I was trying to get this Brave Little Heroes thing off the ground. It wasn't working. One thing after another was failing. And that really does a number on you when you feel like you're doing the right thing, what, what you think is the right thing, and you're not being rewarded for it. It just isn't going places. Several times I wanted to quit, and it took my wife encouraging me. It took other people in my life encouraging me. You know, sometimes the best support comes from people outside of your family. So in my case, for example, my parents, really well-meaning, wanted me to go back and get another corporate job. Why? Because mm -hmm. it looks safe to them. They didn't right. like this whole entrepreneurial thing. My mom had a couple of brothers has a couple of brothers who um, pursued entrepreneurship early in their lives back in Nigeria, and it really didn't go well for them. So she was taking that experience and projecting it on her son and saying, no, I don't want you to be an entrepreneur. So having to love my parents while also saying, I love you, but I'm not going to take your advice, <laughs> even though what I'm doing right now is failing miserably, hmm. that was tough. And so that's why that saying, fall down seven times, stand up eight, resonates with me. Don't go into it thinking you're going to fall down once and get up and win. You're going to fall down and get up as many times as it takes to win because this journey that you're on is worth it. You know, Doing something just for the money, that's not worth it. There are a lot of ways to make money. You don't have to do stuff you hate just because it makes you money. Find that calling. Find that thing that's going to let you make a difference in the world. Put a dent in the universe and go for it. Go all in. I love the title of Daniel's mission. Go all in, and guess what? You're going to get banged up, bruised up, beat down, beat up. Yes, I can 100% guarantee that's going to happen. But at the end, that's, you're going to win. Yeah, that, 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 that definitely is a, uh, a powerful um, – you know, just that, that's a powerful uh, message in and of itself. You could probably teach on that for a week, right? <laughs> right. Um, that's great stuff. 
Um, so as we as we wind down here, um, how do people find out more about you? Oh, uh, Daniel, they can go to bravelittleheroes.com. That's H-E-R-O-E-S, so bravelittleheroes.com. I have my children's books on there. We're also going to be launching a, an app for kids in a couple of months, so awesome. that's very exciting. And they can also find my parenting podcast at bravepreneur.com. That's bravepreneur, P-R-E-N-E-U-R.com. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to share your message with the world. And uh, I know it definitely will have an impact, and you are already impacting uh, the lives of many people and children around the world with a positive message. And uh, I just thank you for taking the time today. Daniel, thank you. This has been a distinct pleasure. You're one of those real-life superheroes. I really appreciate what you do, not only with All In and with the podcast and with business, but as a father, I'm inspired by what you're doing with those four kids, homeschooling. Oh, my gosh. Hats off to you, sir. (laughs) You are the man. Thank you, Dan. For more information on the links and resources recommended in this show, please visit allinpodcast.com.